Hello, everyone. This is Patricia A. Patton, a.k.a. Canna Boomer. And let me just toot my own horn and say now founder of the Cannabis Business Alliance. I'm here on the Me and Mary Jane podcast with Season George. She is the founder of Five Sisters Farm in Humboldt County. Welcome, Season. Thank you for having me, Patricia. It's my pleasure. Um, this is our first time even seeing each other, but we were on the Humboldt Grace Recovery Auction that yes. Leilani Dubois and a whole group of people in that area did to raise money for farmers. And it's also following, as I was telling Season earlier, that um, before I went to the Emerald Cup in the beginning of December, I had no real idea I had no real understanding of um, the hard work. Really, I just had no real understanding of the lifestyle. You know, um, of course, everybody knows about the product. So <laughs> let's talk about that. Beginning with, how did you get the name, the origin of the name Season? Well, I could say I was raised by hippies, California hippies, you know, part of the counterculture. And, you know, it was a cosmic connection for my mom that, you know, seasons represent the cycles of the earth and the earthly manifestation of our connection to the cosmos being, you know, orientation to the sun. So it just, you know, that was a heavy you know, wow, really expanded my mind as a young child and it allowed me to be different too, just being okay with being different. Um, and I think that helped me to kind of think outside the box and be, you know, brave. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to be brave. <laughs> well, and that's really um, all the wisdom um, people talk about mm -hmm. learning how to be brave you know, with yeah. who you came here to mm -hmm. be, you know, and that's mm -hmm. like a lifelong lesson. I mean, I've hit my seventh decade and I'm still working through, um, you know, I'm doing new things in my life and they're scary, you know, because I don't know how to do it. Like I'm smart, but there's, I'm doing stuff I don't know how to do. And that's great that you still have the passion to want to do things you've never done before, even yeah. at, you know, and not be, just settled you know that's cool that you have that passion yeah. to explore new things and new places I'm happy you came to the Emerald Cup yeah I mean <laughs> I I would come again you know I was I feel like I was an outsider to really what was going on but I learned a lot you know so it helped me um be brave enough to even have a conversation with you, you know? Mm -hmm. I know it seems like nothing, but it, I mean, it made me know that I needed to be in conversation with farmers like you who are true to the culture and you really know what's- And, and you know, being the culture and the counterculture and kind of an elusive, you know, there, there's the whole saying behind the redwood curtain, you know, that we were, you know, it's kind of, it was a secret society in a way of like producers. It was 
prevalent, but nobody ever said anything. So we didn't really even give each other access to each other, let alone anybody who would ask questions. Certainly we would never <laughs> engage. And so it's such a new, it's, it's a stepping out for us as well to become comfortable with being recognized and even being okay with telling our story, you yeah. know, because we, you know, I did not live in this area when um, camp was happening, but I mean, there's serious traumatization from, from those experiences and, you know, it's hard for people to even speak of it. So it's, it is, a, it's an interesting time in American history to even be able to, you know, be direct um, orators of that, that experience as this transition changes across America. I think that that is really profound because we are actually living in a time of change and we're trying to talk about it using kind of old ways of understanding it. So mm -hmm. it, it makes it hard. I mean, sometimes I feel confused. And the only reason I recognize that to be the case is because I've lived long enough to mm -hmm. have gone through shifts that I didn't understand either because they were, it was too early and I was frightened or, you know, whatever. And now I realize, oh, here we go. Like, this is mm -hmm. a major kind of shift that's going on. So like, it, you mean a, like a consciousness shift? Yeah. 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 Being able you know? to admit our faults. In a way. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. the whole conversation about destigmatization, uh, mm -hmm. you know, redefining what normalization like, what does that mean? I mean, it depends on right. who you're talking to, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, well, so, okay. Obviously you and I could go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the farm. Tell me about the origin of five sisters farm. So it's cool. When I came here, I actually came here for Reggie on the river when I was a 16, when I was 16 and I camped here. And then years later, I moved away to Florida for a bit, blah, 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 came back. And the person I had traveled with had become landowner of this house. And I moved in and this was a place really where I just raised my daughter. And as it went on, it became, you know, a place where I cultivated, but originally I cultivated, you know, far off into the hills and this being on the highway, this is an interesting location. It's the first property as you cross the Mendo, Mendocino and Humboldt County line at the Southern access point of highway 101, which this is like a historic, um, scenic highway because of the redwoods that and all the state parks that run along this highway so it's a very it's a tourist destination as it is so I started you know with this plan that I really wanted to create a destination garden and um, have a place to kind of promote the area because it was an ecotourism destination so five sisters really people ask me all the time do you have five sisters? Actually, I have two biological. So that makes three. The man who owns the property, his daughter and I grew up together since we were seven years old on the same street in San Diego. So we've just been in cahoots forever. We just love each other so much. The fifth sister is the female cannabis plant. And we always say that that holds space for the feminine energy that, you know, we all create when we cultivate this feminine plant. So, um, you know, we are all about just unconditional love sisters and, um, you know, 
being women supporting women here and being able to share this, you know, this space is, is a real gift for us. So it's a very small cultivation, um, only 3000 square feet. And how I make that work is diversifying my, um, my business plan with farm stays, workshops and day tours. And that's been a really great way to create buy-in to my brand and, um, and, you know, share the story of Humboldt County, which very few have access to do as farmers here, because we're so spread out over this giant county. It's, it's a huge county and it's very rural. So being on the county, on the highway is just a, a very unique um, position that I chose to um, make the best of. So I remember, I had never spent any time in that part in Santa Rosa, which is where we were, prime, you know, headquartered, you know. So mm-hmm. how far from Santa Rosa are you? I am three hours north. And okay. Santa Rosa is actually the Emerald Cup takes place there, but it was um, started just 16 miles south of me at a place called the Area 101. And I actually drove the shuttle buses there um, when it first started, I think on the third one I was um, helping there. So it, it grew, it outgrew that space and we moved and they moved it to um, Santa Rosa. But that's actually that county's not considered part of the Emerald Triangle. The Emerald Triangle consists of Trinity County, Mendocino County, and Humboldt County. Oh. So that, that's just that I mean, there is a there is a, a, a historical definition of the yeah, area. Thank you for that, because I do mm-hmm. remember now in one of the sessions, um, them giving the history and saying that Highway 101 was where it started. But yeah. I didn't know where that was. I had no idea. Yeah. You know how to put that part together with what you just told me a minute ago. Yeah. And so I'm just I'm just, a you know, 16 miles north of that. Um, so it's, it's kind of, if somebody was to do a historical cannabis tour, <laughs> you know, we have that option with, um, different apps and stuff. It's just fascinating how much, how fast this cannabis tourism realm is growing. So, okay. Now, um, I'm going off into the tourism piece of it before I ask you to tell me about the event itself, but I just want to find out, mm-hmm. do you market to a particular type of clientele? You know, have you had better success telling your story one way or the other or what? Um, it's interesting. I started really with just listing on a, um, an app called hip camp and that's a nationwide. It's actually has gone international app that, um, people can, you know, on private property landowners can, um, offer, their space campgrounds. So it's like an Airbnb for camping. And I started with that and though, and I did not advertise it was a cannabis farm. It was kind of a research for me, for me to ask once anybody requested with me, well, do you mind that it's a cannabis farm? And most, I would say only 2% declined. Most everybody was like, what? No way. I cannot believe it's a cannabis farm. Like, of course we want to see it. And I was like, they were just could not believe it. And so that was really cool. Most everybody is really open to it, although they may not smoke or they like, and then some people weren't that interested. They were okay with it, but not interested. You know, now the tours that I, that book through Humboldt cannabis tours, he's a professional tour van and he does like, you know, redwood tours and he does, he does, you can 
book him for a day to do all sorts of stuff. But one of his, you know, main things that he books is cannabis farm tours. And I'm a stop on those. And those people are definitely coming to Humboldt County to understand the business sometimes. Sometimes they're just, you know, curious travelers looking for something to do to kill time. And they're like, Oh, that sounds fun. Never, you know, it's just so unique that there's people are like, never done that before. Let's try that. You know? (laughs) And so, you know, a lot of times people don't have much of an agenda at all. I've hosted a mother and a daughter. I've hosted a woman actually from Delaware who read about me in a magazine, which I was like, so honored. Um, and she came, she was already in Oregon, but she drove down just for the, uh, the cannabis tour to come to five sisters farm. So there is, um, I, I met an Ohio hemp farmer. Um, so it's, you know, people in the industry, sometimes just curious people, sometimes it's a, it's a child and trying to introduce it and destigmatize it with a parent. That's the most fascinating time where it's like, yeah, where they're like, look, mom, it's not bad. Look at this nice lady growing this weed. (laughs) Look at, this is totally chill. (laughs) So, um, um, you know, like that's pretty cute to me. I've actually, I've hosted a, um, bachelor party where it was like eight big bulky dudes just wanted to come have lunch take selfies like drink you know and just be like chauffeured around and just have a silly day and one of their things on the silly day was like run around in a weed farm you know so yeah. I mean it's just and for me to have that type of front row access to people's first exposure you know, to cannabis, the plant, you know, there's so many people who are ingesting cannabis or their first familiarity with it is a cartridge Mm -hmm. or they are a gummy, or even now there's, you know, I mean, there's just so many ways to ingest it. That I think the flower, let alone the plant is really a novelty, you know, people. I'm I'm looking forward to um, like, I've never been on a grow or farm myself. I've been on a mm-hmm. hemp farm. And so I can imagine really, because even on this hemp farm that I visited in North Carolina, the smell of everything, like I could begin to smell things as soon as I got there. So it, it was a very multi-sensory kind of, of uh, experience. And I imagine that to be the same, you know. 100%, you know, I've, uh, my background is actually community gardening and you, and using a garden as a community building tool and an education outreach as far as nutrition and nutrition crosses over into wellness and, you know, wellness creates community. So, you know, it's for me using a garden as a teaching tool is not unfamiliar to me. And I have witnessed people actually eating a homegrown garden tomato for the first time in their life. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh my God, I've never tasted a tomato before. Like any other tomato I've ever had doesn't count anymore. (laughs) And it's kind of that way with full-term sun grown. It's so rare that any producer, even across the country is producing high THC full-term sun grown outdoor. It is the strongest stuff you'll ever find. Everybody else is growing stuff under LEDs. These are short little crops. These plants never meet the sun and they're run at a matter of six weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks. I mean, they're trying to turn these harvests so fast that these plants never get to mature and express their full terpene profiles. So what 
California's region here is holding heritage legacy strains, you know, the diversity of, of prof, terpene profiles and, and what that offers to the human body, those combinations that you just can't find anywhere else. And it's not just Humboldt County. I mean, there's other places that are producing really, you know, um, full-term great flower, but it, it, it takes that to really, re to, ex for the plant to reach maturity, to express those different you know, phenotypes, different terpenes. Well, tell me, what is actually full term? How long is that? It means that the plant has come into vegetation naturally, mm -hmm. right? You've set it out into the sun and it has vegged, turned to flower and ripened in flower, only triggered by the sun. You know, most people pulled tarps here where you black out the greenhouses to deprive right. the sun mm -hmm. or they're grown indoors or they veg them out so hard that when they put them out into the shorter hours, they flower or they're doing auto flowers. And so the, because it's like, I grow in a way that is very low overhead because I make a lot of my inputs. I do the labor myself. I, um, I'm, I'm able to produce a product. Everybody else is trying to maximize that every square inch. And I'm able to allow these plants to, um, because I've lessened my overhead to express. And I know that that's a unique product that most people won't be able to bring to the market because the pressure is so high in the turnover, you know, full term is going to become rare. -er. Yeah. So, but I think that like, I mean, I'm not a connoisseur, but I'm certain based upon everything I've ever seen about products that there are always people who are connoisseurs who can appreciate what you're saying, mm -hmm. can appreciate the product and will pay, mm -hmm. you know, for that. And a lot of people in the um, segment that I talk to, too, who are older, are really interested. We just want to pay for what we want. You know, it's mm -hmm. like you're not spending money on everything. You just buying what you want. You know, right? But I think that there's going to be like um, as people become more familiar with craft, because mm -hmm. this is essentially what you have. Like this is an art form, as mm -hmm. I'm understanding it. I mean, Thank I'm you. a gardener. I started the morning at the community garden in town you know, and I've got seeds that I'm trying to um, fertilize over there so I can have my own garden in my own backyard. But, you know, I, but I don't know anything about this plant, but I'm looking forward to being able to grow my own medicine at some point when New Jersey changes the laws, you know? Right. As New Jersey, they don't allow any outdoor right now, right? But, no, right now, you know, adult, and medical are both legal, but there's no home grow. Like they forgot that, uh. you know? I mean, we just, of course people are growing, but they forgot yeah. that in the legislation. Mm -hmm. And so they're still hammering stuff out, you know, because yeah. it's a year in, but they're nowhere. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I know that a lot of products are, you know, it's consistency and it needs to look the same all the time. And that's how you get brand, you know, longevity. And a lot of people are going that route. You know, there's big corporations that are going to fill that 
huge, it's not a niche, that huge flood that, that the consumer, there's more consumers that want that. And I, I'm aware of that. You know, the, the dichotomy is that the next parcel north of me is owned by cookies. <laughs> so here I am. It's like, and we're friends. We're okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, but it's just cool that here I am like one woman show, tiny little regenerative farm, like totally doing this on a shoestring budget. And I'm next to this giant conglomerate of cookies who is just like huge global thing, you know, mm. and we're, okay sitting you know together it's it's important for me for me to be here to also represent you know and hold space yeah you know I, and I and agree. i feel okay i'm i'm not good thing my mama named me season because i don't i'm i don't have a problem sitting next to cookies <laughs> being as ridiculous as i may look against them no, <laughs> but but again i think that it's it's probably i won't say two different i won't say two different clients because, you know, I'm sure that there's, yeah, there are lots of people, you know, but one yeah. of the things I noticed, let's see, there is, uh, when I posted, I posted on uh, LinkedIn that I was going to have this conversation. And I noticed that the person who's responsible for, let's see, um, I know he's a, I can't see it at the moment, but the point I'm trying to make is this is a person who understands regenerative farming, oh, yeah. who knows about sustainability and they picked up immediately on you. So tell me about regenerative farming. Okay. Um, I saw a quote and it really struck me because I, I, for a long time, I've said, you guys, it's too late for sustainable we're past the point to be farming sustainably. <laughs> we got to do, we got to turn back time and do regenerative now. And I saw an interesting quote. It was like sustainables for a scarcity mindset and regenerative is for a mindset of abundance. And that is, you know, what we do is increase biomass and soil. Um, that's our biggest concern is sinking carbon and water back into the earth and slowing down water, capturing water, um, being very, very creating biodiversity constantly, polyculture, saving seeds, creating bio intelligent seeds by saving our own seeds that become um, acclimated to that ground, um, pr producing our own food, producing our own, um, not our own, but I collect my rabbit's manure. <laughs> Let me be clear on that. You know, <laughs> creating a nutrient source right. <laughs> for the, for the earth, you know, for the, our, for the earth. Um, you know, I'm constantly just making sure that my beds and my soil is covered with mulch to seal in the water, to keep those microbes out of the sun, because really it's like, I feel like I'm more of a microbe farmer, you know, that I am like creating not even biodiversity to what we can see with our eyes. I mean, this is the thing when people, but biodiversity of massively of what we can't see underground and the microbes. And that's what helps me to become disease resistant, pest resistant. And people don't, you know, people who are going on these cannabis tours, they see one hoop house, a greenhouse grow facility after another, they come to my garden and they're like, Holy crap. This is like a garden. This is like a totally, it's like a feast for the eyes. There's food or, and I'm having them like taste all the different basils. And so it's like a terpene walk. It's a 
it's flowers. You get to see all the beneficial insects. I mean, I can go to a plant and be like, this is aureus. This is the hoverfly. This is, you know, it's like, I mean, it's right there. It's like, it's like a living museum in a way that I can say, this is what an insectary garden is. So it's, you know, it's, and it, what it allowing nature to run its course like that has relieved me so much work to where I can sit down and do this outreach with you. Like I don't have to have a crew of five guys out there spraying pesticides every two days. So so I remember going to a thing um, some years ago and was really about permaculture. Is it generative culture and an advancement on that thinking? It is probably an intensity only because of the um, carbon sinking and the water storage, you know, it definitely um, incorporates all the ideas of permaculture. And I think permaculture is what most people are familiar with, you know, like the sustainable movement really did a good job in the early 2000s and permaculture did a good job and regenerative is the new um, term for it. And I guess, you know, Rodell did try to coin it. back in like the late eighties and they scrapped it. And it was like, it was the industry that scrapped it because it just isn't consumer enough, you know? So they did sustainable, but then now, now they're saying, you know what, regenerative is where it's at. And it's not just the cannabis movement, it's massive and so many global commodity movements that they're making commitments to regenerative farming because they know they have to, it's not even a question of like doing the right thing anymore. You know, it's like, it's not, and it's not a niche thing. It's a massive, like Pepsi Cola, you know, um, it's, it's big. So I just, it's, and it's great that I can be an example of that. Cause it's such an abstract thing for most, right. most people don't really think about, you know, farming, you know, like they eat every day, but they're not like, Oh God, what did it take? And so, you know, it's, it's cool to offer it. Cannabis makes it sexy, you know, in a way. Right. Right. But it's like, I'm really, my messaging is like, let's take care of each other and ourselves and the things around us. And sexy is what captures the, I mean, the, the cannabis is what's sexy and is what captures their attention, you know, and I'm able to have a broader message and that's her really doing great work. You know, I give that to the plant of her doing her healing powers right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see. So I got carried away in the story because, um, a lot of things happened. You were making, drawing relationship between gardening, you know, between the plant, between humans, you know, and there was not even any conversation about, you know, the phytocannabinoid system or the endocannabinoid system. Everything you said was accessible to someone who is not a farmer, you know, I might need a, a, a primer on the deep carbon part, you know, sometime. In the okay. Future. But generally speaking, okay. you know, yeah. generally speaking, I got the, the gist of what you were saying. And so what does it mean to have the dragonfly earth? Um, what is it? Medicine. Medicine. Yeah. Medicine. Cert- yeah. Medicine. How does, what's that certification? That certification's really unique because it's peer certified and it's free. And so, um, you know, we're inspected by each other and kind of hold each other to a standard and make sure that we are implementing, uh, implementing closed loops. And for me, that's 
making my own compost, collecting my own water, saving my seeds, um, creating the manure component. You know, there's all these, it's basically having those inputs being generated on from the land. Um, and Dragonfly Earth Medicine, you know, is a recognizable certification across the country. There's other farms in Maine and Vermont and um, that are certified. So for me, that's really valuable to have that network mm -hmm. and also, um, you know, be recognized, you know, somebody who comes from a different um, region can walk into a California dispensary and ask, do you have any dragonfly earth medicine farms? Who knew? But I think <laughs> I mean, it's like, this is like amazing, really. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really good to know. That's really, because mm -hmm. I've gone into dispensaries and been lost in California and then even more lost in the state of Washington. Like I didn't have a clue what I was looking at. Well, there's other ones in Washington too. There's definitely Dragonfly Earth Medicine certified or, you know, and, and I think that's what we want to do is, is the consumer outreach to give them the confidence to be able to engage and, and, and get what they need and know what they want. And a lot of times it turns out that we educate so well that they end up educating the bud tender. Too. Oh, I, I, yeah. And that makes perfect sense to me. It makes perfect sense to me. So, okay, let's talk about the events. We have about uh, six minutes left. So okay. I want to know, tell me about what can be expected on the two events that are set up for, uh, I think, late June and early July. Yes. The first one's the Humboldt Holiday Tour, and that's through Humboldt Social Club and Social Spas. They have a cannabis line called um, Our Social Nature. So it's going to be staying at their locations at the Scotia Lodge and um, featuring their Humboldt Bay Oyster Beach um, campout area. So there'll be oysters and um, a, historic, a historian talking about the Wiat tribe and um, history of Humboldt. You'll go on a canopy walk at the Sequoia Zoo and you'll have a weed and wine tour. Um, and all of that will be meals included and um, you know, staying at their um, lodging, which is a historical building. And that's really cool. And um, those are, that's a three night, four day. And then we have the Emerald Triangle Revere, Revealed Tour, and that's through Soul Spirit Retreats. And Judy's like a master at cannabis tourism. And please check out her um, website. And that is a five-day retreat from um, the 17th to the 22nd, and then another one um, July 22nd through the 27th. And that is where you glamp at her farm in Trinity County, go on a whitewater rafting. I mean, she just, she's planned this amazing thing <laughs> and um, farm to table meals with a um, catered with a gone, a certified gongier, which is, that's a whole certification we can talk about some other time, but, um, and then you stay at the oceanfront um, Lost Coast Inn and Shelter Cove and have a meal at the Jippo Ale Mill, which is California's most smallest and most remote woman-led brewery. And that's a really fun and just beautiful coastline to sit there and have a meal at. So, I mean, there's a little bit for both. There's a longer one and there's a short one. And, uh, you know, both of them offer really um, awesome experiences. And I, you know, you can find out um, Humboldt 
holidaytours.com is the first one. And then the second one, you can go to my website, fivesisters.co. And there's a banner that will link you over to the Emerald Triangle Revealed site. So um, yeah, there's still lots of time to book. And I'm, it's a great I'm way to- I'm definitely going to be uh, pushing it and talking yeah. about it. I'm actually going to take pieces of this interview out and see if I can't pitch it for print also. Um, yeah. Because there's, a, I mean, even just about the regenerative, um, I mean, I can think of some place where they should be talking about you. That's for sure. Great. Uh, Thank you. So, so here's my question. Um, okay. So is there another time of the year? Like, do you run tours or will there be something say when it's harvest time or is it just too busy then or what, you know? No, um, actually through the booking agency, Humboldt Cannabis Tours, he books day tours. So you can come and, you know, fly in and do your own um, hotel and all that, you know, and book just a day tour with him. And the way that the Humboldt holiday tours has it set up actually is it's in the beginning of the week. So you start off with her and then that allows you to continue to hang out in Humboldt County and kind of do your own thing throughout the weekend, which mm-hmm. I thought was cool that she, you know, it was just a different time of week. So you can book a day tour and harvest is really the best time to come. I mean, my garden is just spectacular with all the different strains and people it's really, you know, feast for the eyes and the nose. It is an all sensory experience and you can, um, you know, schedule with Matt at Humboldt cannabis tours. That's how I handle that. So is that best, is that uh, September? Yeah. September, October. Yep. September. And then yeah. And then I run hip camp, you know, people can come stay and camp with me, but it's mostly primitive camping. I am building a bathroom, but it's going to be a while. So I'm doing some development to offer um, better facilities, but it just takes a while. It's little pieces. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> um, stoked to have talked to you. I'm like really, um, I admire and respect what you're doing, you know, I mean, that you're following your own vision. And so um, I just you. want to make sure and share with the listeners just what a real opportunity this is and what a wealth of information you are. We have about a minute 45. Tell me once again where people can reach you. Yeah, my Instagram is Five Sisters Farms with an S. And my website is five sisters farm.co. That's a good place to reach me. It has all my contact information there and kind of outlines my um, campsites and different facilities that I offer. Um, you can book a tour at Humboldt cannabis tours. Um, that's probably the easiest way to um, get a little insight to Humboldt County. And then please check out Emerald triangle revealed and Humboldt holiday tours, because those are just highly curated and just an experience of a lifetime for Humboldt County. Wow. Thank you so much. So everybody, we have been talking to Susan George, owner of the Five Sisters Farm, and I'm going to put all the information where you can reach her at the farm coming up soon. So I will be back to talk to you because I have several other things that popped in my head as we were talking, but hopefully this will be enough to get people to see why I wanted to talk to you in the first place. Well, thanks for having me. And I'd definitely like to be on again. I enjoyed my time with you, Patricia. It's been my pleasure.